Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson, and boy, do we have a special, special episode for you this week we are going young this week because <laughs> we have uh with us rebecca poe and lane hollis howdy dean how are you doing i'm good all right you've been here before <laughs> lane right i have yeah i'm in fact the most reoccurring guest on this podcast that is true i hadn't thought about that yeah this yeah. is definitely my first time <laughs> and it's gonna be fun yes right yeah yeah it's awesome all right so so both the, one of the reasons why we bring these two on together is because both are going through a little bit of setbacks right now right and yes. Uh, yes. so we're going to talk a little bit about that because so many people out there listening have gone through setbacks have had things that have happened to them and and you just you wonder why me and that kind of thing and so we want to share a perspective that that maybe is fresh and maybe will help you encourage you if you're out there and you're struggling with something right now in your running or walking or whatever your journey is so we'll talk about that in a little bit but first we're going to start off by talking about our sponsor for this episode as we always do um, brought to you by first bank of dalton your bank of choice is important because of privacy and security of your money is important and whether you are opening a checking account or getting a home mortgage your local your local first bank of dalton i can't speak well today <laughs> um, we'll have the best banking experience you can ask for no stress no hassle talk with the folks at first bank of dalton if you want a great relationship with your bank and i know the people that at, at first bank of dalton they are they really care about the community yes yeah that's why they're called the first bank of dalton right they care about the community and uh so it's good to have a bank like that well this past week we had a facebook post we share one every week and this week it comes from ranya irvin and it uh says this week 10 complete this week was a little interesting but god knew it would be before it began that is such a comfort i missed a run due to scheduling conflicts and the two runs I did were difficult. I was tired from a busy week, and I just didn't want to go. My legs were tired, and for the first time, I wondered if I was actually going to make it to the end of my run segments. But God used the Run for God podcast on Monday and Broadway show tunes on Friday to keep me going to the end of my 27-minute runs. Despite everything else, and even amidst that, my times were better only god then saturday was our run for god hashtag california dreaming monthly meetup we met at the san dimas canyon regional park expecting to walk a flat loop trail we were surprised to find a hiking trail instead it wasn't long but it had a bit of an incline so we got the chance to work different muscles god gifted us with a gorgeous day complete with amazing views and a fun photo op along the way I'm so very thankful for this wonderful group of ladies that God has brought together in my group. We don't physically live close to one another, but God has drawn our hearts near. Such beautiful friendships are forming. Michelle Palma Stover, Denise Johnston, Rose Richardson, Wendy Kitchko, 
Joanna Cockrell, Jennifer McMillan Walcott, you are all an absolute blessing in my life. Unfortunately, towards the end of the hike yesterday, I turned my ankle on a rock. I am notorious for turning, twisting, and spraining my ankle, so I knew what to do. It wasn't bad, more of an annoyance than anything, but I still need to be extra careful with it, with it this week. I'm able to walk without limping, praise God, and I've rested it today. I did try jogging on it a bit when I walked out to the car earlier, and it felt okay. So I'm going to tape, KT tape has been a lifesaver for me, my ankle, and cautiously try week 11, day one, 30-minute run tomorrow. I'm hoping to be able to run the whole thing, but we'll see. I will pay close attention to it because I don't want anything that I do to keep me from running the 5K that we planned to coincide with Dalton. Have a great week, everyone. No matter how things go this week, remember that God is already there and waiting to help you bring him glory through it. You guys are familiar with set, these kind of setbacks, right? Talk 100%. about ankles. Yours isn't an ankle issue, right, Poe? But it's a, it, it, it's a yeah. foot problem. Yeah, both foot problems. Yeah, yeah. And so you, you're, you're very familiar with, mm-hmm. oh, man, this just happened, right? Um, but those setbacks... I'm a firm believer. God gives us all of those things for a reason. And in this case, she's got such a good perspective, doesn't she? About yes. how, how to. Most how, definitely. Yeah. To look look for it. And what about our groups? You you guys both have, you guys have different cross country teams that you're a part of, track teams, right? Yeah. How much does your group mean to you? Great, it means it means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. A great deal. Like yeah. a, very important. I can't imagine like going through an injury without a team. Like even if because I mean just being able to show up because I, mean, I feel like if you're running by yourself and you have an injury, uh, it's kind of difficult because you're kind of completely removed from it. Yeah. But if you have a team, you can still kind of go to the practices and and, and you can them on yeah and, you can show up in a way um, yeah. even if you're still injured. So I, I think a group is very important. Kind of still makes you feel useful, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Like you're still doing something. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yep. Uh, of course, I see your group all the time. And I know how close you guys are. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, they don't share a whole lot with their coach, Lane. I'm not sure yeah. why. <laughs> Might be because it's a bunch of women, and they don't really want to share with their, their dude coach. Possibly. I think that's probably it. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, it's all good. Um, there's, there's always people that we enjoy running with more than others, right? So absolutely yes you got you got, yes. don't don't we all have that one person or those two three people that we just we just love running with them right yeah yes yeah and we really look forward to that yep i used to like running with lane but he doesn't like running with me anymore i'm not sure why you think i said something that is that is, that, is not true is that, <laughs> that is not true <laughs> it's all good um and i love this concept of finding something somewhere where you didn't expect to find it we've probably all done that i i, I guess you guys have you know uh rebecca where you just got hurt was at emory university well mm-hmm. there's a trail i don't know if you know this there's a trail right near emory university i did uh, not know that it's right around the corner from the from and and every time we go there i look forward to running on that trail so um it's well you know Emory University is right in the middle of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a busy, crowded place. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And there's this trail right in the middle of Atlanta that's just—it's. I mean, it's—it could be anywhere because it's. There, yeah. There's it's the hustle and bustles out of the way. It's not near roads. It's right near this little uh, creek. It's cool yeah. to find stuff like that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, I was just looking at that. There was a. I was in Gatlinburg one time, and Gatlinburg is a Gatlinburg smaller than Atlanta, but it's still like a place that's. I mean, it's kind of. 
I mean, you can't it's just you can't place. just run through Gatlinburg. Mm-hmm. But if you go right outside of Gatlinburg, there's like a a system of trails that just go like deep into the mountains. And I never knew it was there. And I was running there one uh, one weekend, and I just found it. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. So next time you're in Gatlinburg, go find go find those trails. It's on the side where like um, I think it's the peddler. Yeah. steakhouse yeah maybe it's a it's the it's the side that the steakhouse is on so yeah well cool. yeah well i'll check that out the next time i'm in gatlinburg all right we had a trivia question from last week and it was this there was another pole vaulter who was dominant in the 80s of course we were talking about a current pole vaulter and i said there was another pole vaulter who was dominant in the 80s he was the first person to vault over 20 feet who was he um and i said the hint was his name is fun to say. So, do you guys do you guys know anything about Paul vaulting? You guys I do not. I have yeah. no idea. I just know that looking at those world records, it's in, I cannot imagine being that far in the air. Yeah, with, like it just doesn't seem. It's a lot of talent. Yeah, yeah. So you know the, Do you know the name Armando Duplantis? No, I don't. No. Okay. He's the current guy who's who's killing it, oh, setting okay. a world record seems, yeah. seems seemingly every other month. Um, but this guy, his name was Sergey Bubka. Come on, that's yeah. fun to say, right? Sergey Bubka. <laughs> and Sergey was, he was uh, so dominant that if, if you had a pole vault competition, it, it was just a matter of who was going to finish second. Because he would literally finish feet ahead of second place. I mean, just crazy. You know, like he was the first guy to, to jump 20 feet. So um, there were there were 24 people. They, they created this... Uh, International Amateur Athletics Federation Hall of Fame back, I don't know, 20 or 30 years ago. And there were 24 people who were inducted into that. You know, people that go back way into the early 1900s that go back in for this this Hall of Fame. And people all over the world. This isn't just, the, this, this, of course, he's Russian. This, what, this was from people all over the world. He was one of those 24 people. That tells you what a great athlete yeah. he was, right? One of the 24, considered one of the 24 best to, to put in that initial. Yeah track and field hall of fame so um he was pretty awesome he was actually named track and field news athlete of the year twice so that means all runners in every event all field athletes he was so impressive that he was track and field athlete of the year a pole vaulter yeah twice yeah Um, that's pretty impressive right Mm -hmm. so he won six consecutive world championships and he won an olympic gold medal Um, he said he broke the world record for the men's pole vault 35 times so uh that's a lot yeah he was the first one to to clear six meters and then he was the first one to clear six meters 10 which is 20 feet um he held the indoor world record of 6.15 meters that he set in 1993 in ukraine he held that one for 21 years Um, and he held the outdoor record at 6.14 meters that was set in 1994 and um he he held that until 2020 when Armando Duplantis broke it. Uh, so think about how good that guy was, yeah. right? It was pre- pretty amazing. Now he's a senior vice president of the IAAF. Um, he's been there since 2007. He's also uh, president of the National Olympic Committee in Ukraine. Um, and he's been there since 2005. So he's an honorary member of the International Olympic Committee. Um, he's been there since 1996. He has a brother. Vasile Bubka, who is also a medal-winning pole vaulter, so it runs in the family. What's interesting about Sergey is Sergey's original event wasn't pole vault. 
he was a hundred meter runner. Really? And he was pretty good, but he wasn't yeah. great. And he discovered pole vaulting and decided, I think I'm going to focus on yeah. this pole vaulting thing. It's, I seem to be pretty good at it. Seems to be better uh, at it. Yeah. And of course, if you have that kind of speed, he had world-class speed, it made pole vaulting better because the faster you are down oh, yeah. the runway, mm-hmm. the higher you can pole vault. Um, so in 1983, he was just about unknown. And all of a sudden, boom, he bursts on and wins his first world championship. He, and he vaults 19 feet, two inches. Um, which was unheard of at the time. Just in- incredible athlete, fun to watch. He was also a good personality. You know how the, you got just got some of those athletes that you just like to cheer for because yeah. they're they're just cool people. Yeah, he was one of those guys. You just wanted to cheer for him, and he was from Russia. So back in my day, when in the eighties, you know, we had the Cold War and all that stuff going on. We still wanted to cheer for Sergey Bubka, <laughs> even though he was from the Soviet Union. Uh, I say I should say Soviet Union, not Russia, because he's obviously from Ukraine. So yeah, I should. That's that's a separate thing now. I still got the old brain <laughs> yeah. installed, right? Uh, Most definitely. <laughs> so they would the the soviet sports system would reward him when he set a world record so what he would do is he would set a world record by like one centimeter and then he would stop so that the next time out he could set another world record by one centimeter (laughs) and so they would give him a bonus every time he set a world record so he would barely set the world record and then he would stop so that he would come back next time and set another world record that's pretty bad when you're you're strategically only breaking the world record by yeah. a little bit at a time. That's probably why he broke it like 35 that's exactly, times. That's exactly <laughs> why. Because he had these bonus payments that he would get. Smart guy. Smart guy, yeah. right? Um, so in 1992, of course, you know, the Soviet Union dissolved. And he was not part of the Soviet Union anymore. So then he was signed by Nike. And, of course, Nike then was starting to pay him $40,000 every time he broke a world record. So he continued that even after the Soviet Union broke up because Nike was now giving him a bonus every time he broke a world record. So, so yeah. So interesting guy. Um, The unfortunate thing about Sergey is that he had kind of an Olympic curse. He only won one Olympic gold medal. Now, he was dominant for many years, but he only won one Olympic gold medal because he – well – the USSR boycotted the 1984 Olympics. They were in, in the United States. And, you know, the United States had boycotted the 1980 Olympics because of Russia. And it was all that crazy yeah. stuff back and forth, just political stuff. So he wasn't in it. And then in 1988, he won the uh, the pole vault. And so uh, won his, Olympic, his, his only Olympic gold medal. In 1992, he failed to clear his uh, first height. And then in 2000, he did, he did that again. So... Um, he just didn't perform well in the Olympics, which is weird. You would think if you do yeah. well in world championships, you'd probably do well in the Olympics, right? Mm-hmm. But no. So anyway, I still think the name Sergey Bubka is fun to say. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so there you go. So um, do you guys ever think you would want to do any kind of a field event in track and field? Yes. Would you? Absolutely mm-hmm. What would you want to do? Oh, you said absolutely not? Yeah, probably no. not. I don't know. I just... I don't think I don't think I could do it. I don't know what I would do. See, with your swim strength, you would think you might be a good pole vaulter. I mean, you would think. You know what? That actually makes sense because I'm thinking like field events. You got to be like, got to be like kind of bigger and stronger. I feel like, Mm -hmm. but pole vaulter, you don't necessarily have to be like just extremely strong. You just got to be like power to weight. You just you also have to be coordinated. That's true. Yeah, which leaves Becca out. Yeah, because I oh, would really? definitely, I would, the pole would go one way and I would go the other way. 
I feel uh, like Rebecca kind of looks like a high jumper. She does. High jumper. I, can, I, I was can either I was thinking um, high jump or long jump. Yeah. I think long jump would be so fun to do. Yeah. Yeah. You and you've got some wheels. You got some speed. That's half yeah. the long jump is and. Uh, I yeah. just don't like sand. Couldn't I could not do the long jump. I would get so irritated by the sand. Oh yeah, I don't like sand. If, if I could get past that part, I feel like I'd be pretty good at it. Uh, well, all right. So as everybody out there may or may not know, we are sponsored by J Radio. J Radio makes this podcast possible. The great people at J Radio wish that you would go to J Radio and check them out. So go to J Radio, check it out, and we promise you'll find some great, great tunes there. Social media? Nope. Grocery store tabloids? Nope. The newspaper? Not usually. The national news? Are you serious? Is there any media source these days that only shares a positive message? A lot of the media we take in each day can be pretty negative. Why not make the decision right now that your music will only be positive? Sign up for an account at jradio.com today and download the app in your app store. With music for every moment and entirely positive Christian message, it'll be nice to hear things going right for a change. We're back, and if you haven't listened to us on Thursday night, now you have to be part of Run Club to listen on Thursday nights, but every Thursday night, we do a live Facebook Live session where we talk about something that's related to running, or we talk about, sometimes it's a Bible study, and sometimes it's a really interesting topic. Recently, we, we talked about how uh, running, walking, and, and physical exercise actually increases the quality and length of your life. That's a pretty cool thing to hear, right? We, we like to know that we're going to live longer and have a better quality life. And running does that. And so that was one of the things we just co- uh, covered. And so if you want to hear those Thursday night sessions, join Run Club, become a part of us. And on Thursday nights, you can tune in, ask questions, and and get get your questions answered there. And it's pretty it's a pretty exciting time, I think. And sometimes it's really interesting. Um even though I'm the one that people have to look at, that's not necessarily the positive side. The positive side is you usually have some good information to relay. So, <laughs> um, and we would we love to hear people's stories, and we would love to hear your story. And if you haven't shared your story with us, go to runforgod.com. Go to the bottom of the page where it says "Share Your Story" and share your story with us. So there's a format that we use that we ask that you 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 put in a certain format. Um, it's very simple. Uh, we guide you through the process, and we'll use your story right here on this podcast if you if you submit it. So uh, so go out there and submit your story too, and don't tell me you don't have a story. Everybody says I don't have a story. Everybody has a story, right? So so um, Lane, you just dealing with an injury recently, right? Yes, that was yeah. for a little while. It was unsure. You had no idea what was yeah. going on. Yeah, and during that time, I see this a lot with with athletes. We get an injury and we don't know what it is, and we're kind of frantic about it. How do you handle that? Well, I've gone through it twice. This is my oh, yeah. and, and the first time was much much longer, mm-hmm. and I feel like I feel like some people when they feel something when an injury per se i'm putting that quotations comes up it's it's all about just and i feel like everyone goes through this and and you kind of have to at first you go through like a couple weeks of where you're just kind of trying to feel it out yourself Mm -hmm. i think after a couple weeks it it's 
I've, I've found it's very important to, I mean, I have written down, see someone, see multiple people, see different points of view, see, because I feel like that's the biggest thing. And because if you sit there and dwell on it, you're, you're going to come up with 15 different injuries that you have, 15 different methods mm-hmm. to go about it. And Especially they all, if you Google it. Yeah. yeah and they, and they, it. and they all contradict each other. Yeah. Like they all, like one of the, one of the injuries you have, you have to run 10 miles a day to fix it. One of the injuries you have, you have to sit on it and you think that you have both of them. Yeah. And so you need to see different people and you need to kind of feel it out yourself. It, it's people want to, people want a direct answer about injury and it's most of the time it's not that simple so how do you but how do you stay mentally okay because we get so worried right yeah how do we prevent ourselves from just going crazy over the worry of not knowing you have you have to look at the big picture i mean that that phrase is thrown out a lot but you you kind of have to you have to step back and you have to say well like what's the worst possibility and am i going to quit per se i don't want to use like but you you got to decide you got to kind of decide what you're going to do even if it is the worst possibility if it's the middle possibility like at least for me for my specific situation you have to step back and say okay i i have a i have a stress reaction in my femur that is probably the second to second worst thing that you can have without i mean surgery surgery is bad if you have to have yeah. surgery but stress fractures like kind of the pinnacle of yeah injuries where you just have to take off mm-hmm. um before you have to get surgery and so you just kind of have to step take a step back and say does this end me and if it doesn't then you just kind of have to accept that and go about the process because you yeah. i mean when when i got the the call and it's like it's a stress reaction you have to step take a step back and you're like okay that's a month and a half that you're just going to have to be comfortable with sitting in that process. But you took it a step further because I remember talking with you and I remember you, there was something else on your mind in it. Yes. In addition to that, right? What yeah. was that? And it, it provides a, an opportunity to get better at things that, that you're not do. It provides an opportunity to get better at other things. There's always things that you can get better at in your profession or sport that you can do while you're injured like there's always things because most of the time injuries are impact related right i mean most of the time impact is what causes them Mm -hmm. and and there's there's so many things you can do outside of impact that will help uh you know your sports or physical career one thing that i'm doing is i'm focusing on time to get better at my pulling and swim yeah like i mean i mean that doesn't require impact you know i'm in the pool every day and so but also bands like i don't know if anybody knows about this but band work with running just like that kind of stuff a lot of different band exercises stability Mm -hmm. stability in your tendons and stuff you can and that will make you a better athlete i mean it's not as if i'm going to start running again and i'm going to be exactly where i was but once i get back there i'm going to be stronger because now everything else is you know working more properly so there's always things you can do um when you're injured there's there's never a time to just sit down and be like all right well i'm just gonna sit here for a month and be depressed yeah 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 (laughs) yeah Yeah. i I think that's that's a great way to focus and and a great way to look at it so of course becca your injury is different in 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 some respects uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
So for people listening, Becca is a steeplechaser. And so steeplechase makes you have to jump over barriers. And so Becca had just jumped over a barrier. I didn't actually see it happen, but I looked up and the next thing I knew, Becca is clearly in pain, limping on her leg. And I see her get this resolve on her face like, I'm going to keep going. And she takes in one more step and you could tell it was really, really painful. And she's still trying to keep going. And the coach is on the side of the track going, "Uh uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> off the track <laughs> because she was going to keep going. Um, so your injury is a little bit – You it was kind of the same thing when it happened, right? We had no idea what it, what had happened. Mm-hmm. Our initial thought was you broke a bone in your foot, right? Yes, and yep. that was actually terrifying because I do have um, – I'm prone to get injured, so I have a lot of past injuries with stress fractures and stuff. Mm-hmm. So when that um, happened and I landed wrong on my foot, I thought it was – you know, when you roll an ankle, when you're running on yeah. a trail, you think, oh, I can just run through it and it's gonna be fine. And it obviously wasn't fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it kept hurting. And I was like, no, the pain's gonna go away. It's gonna go away. And it didn't. And then you pulled me off. So <laughs> um, it was definitely frustrating, but um, I know things happen for a reason. How long do you think it took for you to come to the realization that everything's going to be okay and this hurts and it's a problem and it may even be severe, but everything's going to be good? Um, Definitely after, well, when I was sitting down, obviously, right when it happens, you're going through all the setbacks and stuff. The world is ending. Yeah, the world is ending. I mean, that's pretty natural for a human. Sure. So I was like, man, um, I really wish this didn't happen. Um, Like, I was... I mean, I thought I was in my prom state of running. I was planning on setting a PR that day, um, even though I was not even a lap in, but I felt pretty good. <laughs> you would have. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced of it. Just based on the other three that ran uh-huh. in that same race, right? So, so, but definitely afterwards when I sat down and I mean, I under, I, I figured it was probably going to be pretty bad. Yeah. Just how I was reacting. But I knew like from my past injuries and past experiences with injuries, I know stuff happens for a reason so sitting there on the track obviously i was upset but i know that like god's plan is better than mine and there i mean there's a reason why it happened yeah i mean i may not understand it and we never sometimes we'll never understand god's plan um with things but that is definitely okay yeah yeah and, and in the end it is we we turned it turns out it wasn't a broken bone Yes. Still a a fairly serious accident. You're having to walk around in a funny looking shoe Mm -hmm. uh, right now. But um, but it is going to be okay. And there's a chance that you could come back and be able to compete in the conference championship. Right. Yes. I know you say it's not a chance. I'm doing it. We still have to. The foot has to cooperate somewhat. Yeah. (laughs) I was planning on running through the pain and then addressing the problem after. But I know that's what Lane just talked about. It's not the best decision to do which I definitely agree. So are you still reliving that moment over and over again, or are you done past with that? Um, I'm definitely not reliving the moment over and over again, because if I were to relive it over and over again, I would just be constantly thinking about, oh, what could I have done differently? And right. like, it's already in the past. Like, I can't change what I did. That's right. So That's right. And you didn't do anything wrong, just for mm-hmm. people out there listening. You just you were trying to actually avoid somebody else. Yeah, so some girl uh, jumped over the barrier in front of me, and there was, I think there was like 17 people in that race. Mm-hmm. And so when you have 17 people jumping over a barrier roughly around the same time, it can get pretty chaotic. Yeah. 
So she was in midair and her back foot caught the barrier and face planted. It was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> and but she was okay. Yeah, she was definitely okay. And I was already in midair and I didn't want to land on her um, with my spike and like spike her in the face. And because that would have been that would have been ugly. That would have been really bad. Yep. And then run off after after I spiked her because that would not be very yeah. loving. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So I had to um, correct my footing while I was I think I was like in midair and had to correct where I was going to place my foot. And when I landed, uh, I think just the force I also run on my toes. So um, just the force of the impact from landing, I did something really bad to my foot. Yeah, yeah. Well, and those things do happen. And I, the reason why I bring up reliving that moment over and over again is because that's what so many of us do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have some kind of a problem, an injury or whatever, and we just keep we keep saying over and over again, well, if that girl hadn't have fallen in front of me. But the girl did fall in front of you, mm-hmm. and yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. And you can't go back and change it. And and that's a great perspective is, mm-hmm. is to look at it and go, eh, there's nothing I can do. You know, we just got to deal with where we are right yeah. now, right? Yeah, I feel like that's one of the most dangerous things that people mm-hmm. do is just relive. I mean, there's a. I feel like there's a difference between learning from and dwelling on. I mean, there's, yes. a, there's a huge difference, and most people dwell on, and you just can't do that. Like, there's, yeah. you just simply It'll cannot. literally eat you alive. Yeah. It will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've been there. We've all probably been there at one time or another, mm-hmm. right, where we, we try to – but, but at some point you got to get over it. But that's why I, I bring it up because I watched you, and at first it was devastating. The the it wasn't just it wasn't just the pain. You could also see the fear in your eyes of oh man, my season is over and this is the worst thing in the world. And by the time you got on the bus a few hours later, you could see your whole face was so it was so much better. You were at the point of okay, we we are where we are. I don't like it, but. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We're gonna be okay, right? Yeah, I yeah. think there's a you can. I think there is a time allotted that you can afford to dwell sure. a little bit. I mean, like no, no one's gonna come up to you after you get a stress fracture and be like, "Why are you so sad about that?" Like there, <laughs> there, you can allot yourself time. It's just you gotta work through it in a mm-hmm. time. You gotta say like, "All right, the next two days, I may be a little bit down." But I mean, you gotta have time to work through that mentally, just like you do physically. Yep. So, yep. All right, so we all follow training plans. You guys follow training plans, right? Yes. Well, it turns out our running training plans are similar to what we should be doing for our spiritual journey. So we're going to talk about that with a story from Rhonda Williams. We've heard stories from Rhonda Williams before on this podcast. Um, She writes such good stories, and this one is called A Spiritual Training Plan. I have a passion for running and racing. It's such a thrill to push myself right to the edge of what my body and my mind are capable of, and I love the feeling of achievement when I cross that finish line. There's just no other feeling like it. In order to reach my goal and reap the benefits, I know I must develop a personalized training plan, one that is appropriate for my level of ability and the time I have to train before the race. Once I have a good plan in place, I have to make the commitment to actually follow it. The best plan is worthless if you don't get in the daily workouts. Missing one or two is okay, but miss too many, and I will not reach my goal. A good plan starts where you are and gradually builds over a few weeks or months so that you don't do too much too soon and suffer an injury or, just as bad, burnout. Recovery days or weeks are built in to give your body time to rest and repair muscle as well as to give your brain a break. Running is 90% mental, so your mind needs rest, the rest breaks just as much as your body does. 
Having a good coach is also helpful. A coach will make sure your plan is the right one for you. They'll make adjustments to the plan when appropriate, give you encouragement when you need it, and hold you accountable. A good coach knows your ability level, your strengths, your weaknesses, and they also know you. They won't let you slack off, but they also won't let you overtrain. They know when to push you harder and when to have you take an extra rest day. A good plan the commitment to follow it, and the right coach will get you where you want to go. This strategy works well for physical training, so I also apply it to my spiritual life. My training plan is a structured Bible study, and my coach is God, the greatest coach ever. Sunday morning services are my recovery days, providing the rest and fuel I need to get ready for the next week. And just like with running, commitment is key. Even the best Bible study written by the most inspiring author is worthless if it's not used. The most beautiful music and inspirational sermon on Sunday morning will do nothing for you if you don't pay attention because you're just there to check off a box. I have found that learning and growing in my faith requires a plan, the commitment to follow it, and trusting in a great coach. I cannot get anywhere if my effort is haphazard. I can't wing it with my spiritual growth any more than I can with my run training. By setting a goal, committing to a plan, and trusting God is my coach, I know I will get where I want to go. (laughs) You guys have had some crazy coaches, haven't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Your current coach is a little off his rocket from what I hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how, how how easy or how hard is it to place faith in your in your running coach? It's almost not a fair question to ask. You, <laughs> oh no, I'll still answer it. <laughs> I feel like sometimes it's sometimes it's hard. I feel like I've had the privilege of have having some pretty uh, uh, close coaches to me like my relationship were pretty close mm-hmm. even transitioning into college um that coach i had known for a long time and so i've i've had the privilege of having coaches that are already pretty close to me but even then there's some back and forth sure and so i can't imagine having you know any any other type of relationship that isn't as close as i've had it because even then there's there's always that question yeah yeah what about you Poe? Um, well, I would definitely say sometimes like with coaches, oh, cause I mean, I've, I've had three coaches in my life yeah. and you're one of them, <laughs> but definitely go into practices and workouts and stuff and we're in long runs. Oh my goodness. Long runs. And I'm like putting our faith in our coaches wondering like, why, how is this workout going to benefit us? Or why do we have to run this long run? Um, it can get hard sometimes, but you have to look past it because obviously the coach knows like what they're doing and um, it, it makes a difference in your mm-hmm. success doesn't it yes when you're completely bought in and you realize okay i really mm-hmm. hate these long runs yes. but i know it's gonna make but i know stronger. it's gonna be, yeah and that's and it's like what you said like uh the running's like 90 percent mental and stuff mm-hmm. so yep. like if you go into it realizing putting your faith in in your coach knowing that like he's what he's doing or what she's doing if you have a girl coach um they're doing what's best for you because they know who you are Mm -hmm. so you just have to trust that process and go in with a positive mindset and we do have those times i mean we've had just recently we've had a couple of times where your coach sent you home right for a reason yes right well we'll talk about that but but it was that's that's individualized right that's Mm -hmm. it we're all different 
and we all need something different. And you've been in practices where we've got people doing four or five different things because everybody needs something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the way it is with God too? He kind of looks at each one of them. He knows. Imagine imagine coaching a team of 8 billion people. <laughs> That'd be difficult. <laughs> yeah. But if you taught them all the same way, it wouldn't benefit. Um, That's right. You have to differentiate between each individual. That's right. That's right. So how do you think God's plan and then the injuries that you both faced, how do you think those things are linked? Do you see... Do, do you see things um, that 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 have you guys have both been through injuries before too? You're both currently going through one, but you've been through one before. So, wh- what has that done for you in your life? I feel like it's it's it can do a few different things. I mean, you, it can be you know a sign to maybe maybe slow down. Maybe it also provides perspective on what you're doing. I know for me, I've been doing this for so long that sometimes something forcing me to slow down like allows a little bit of perspective to be taken place i mean it's no question that i've had kind of a more rough past two years of this whole sport but it provides a perspective that 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 allows you to to be more appreciative and kind of have a different mindset on training Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah and i mean obviously this whole walking in faith i mean if you don't have tests i mean like are you really taking the class like i mean it's 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 that kind of Mm -hmm. like that kind of mindset and it's all it's a perspective thing i like that i like that if you if you don't have tests are you really i do like that i like that quote that's Uh, good good um yeah so same thing for you have you have you seen where um the injuries that you've gone through have bled over and helped you deal with other things in your life? Most definitely. Um, I know I, growing up, like I've always ran since elementary school and I've dealt with injuries. And um, I know when I got, run, so running became an idol for me at one point in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it was just a way of God showing me when I got injured, um, it was a way of him showing me like, hey, like, I'm still here, like, your idol shouldn't be this. So I feel yeah. like it's, I mean, it's pretty much what you said, perspectives. It, yeah. It's a whole learning situation that um, you're being taught through. And if you didn't go through those trials, you're not learning and you're not growing. And it also, that's with your faith, too. Yeah. You have yeah. to go through those trials and those setbacks to learn and grow and get closer to the end goal such, or in faith to God. Such, such great perspective, particularly for folks as young as you guys are. You guys take that for granted. You mm-hmm. have a good perspective. So uh, there's times when, okay, so your coach tells you we're going to run 10 miles, and the first thing that runs through your mind is, oh, I don't want to do that, right? Does God do that to us too? Do we have those times where God is telling us to do something and – and we're like, it's not really what I want to do. Yes. Yeah. It is, right? I think like, it's, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> well, no, I, I feel like sometimes it's just like, it's also patience. Yeah. Like, That's I mean, true. I mean, you can feel, feel a little something in your leg and you're like, oh my goodness. And then you figure out it's an injury and you're like, well, I'll, I'll get through it in a couple of weeks. I'm going to take two weeks. This is going to be great. I'm going to mm-hmm. get through this in two weeks, maybe two and a half weeks. You know what? I bet I can even wait three weeks. And then God is like, you know what? Actually, I think I'm going to take you out for like two months. <laughs> and it's just like it's also yeah. helps, you know, patience, mm-hmm. I think, is a big thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Good perspective. 
All right, how about this scripture passage? Uh, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. That's from James 1, 5. So how do you get an answer from God? I mean, you know, it's it's, it's fairly easy to, to pray and, and ask God for things, right? I mean, we, we probably we probably all do that at times. But how do you know how do you know you get an answer from God? I feel like after you get the answer, you have this sense of peace, mm-hmm. and it's just like you just know because yeah. you're. I mean, it's peace that you get. Isn't it funny how God? And sometimes God will give you that peace, like just like that. Mm-hmm. And then other times, it's all right, God, I'm still waiting. <laughs> Yeah. right mm-hmm. sometimes that happens yeah. yeah and and sometimes sometimes if you're waiting maybe god has already given you the answer i know that this is we went through this at church a few weeks ago i'm sure rebecca remembers but <clears throat> there are also some times where you're like god i need an answer and he's already given you the answer but you're just like not willing to accept yeah. that it's kind of yeah. like the whole thing this yeah. was the example i was given and i think it's very good it's like you see someone and you're like i'm gonna I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if God wants me to disciple to this person. I'm gonna pray about it. But God clearly tells obviously us to disciple wants to, you like to. obviously, <laughs> like it's like, why do you need to pray about that? You just need to go do it. So sometimes the answer's there. It's just accepting the answer that mm-hmm. we've obviously been given. That's so, um, so, so true. but I mean that was just one thing that I picked up a few weeks ago I thought was very interesting. That is. That's a great a great illustration. Um, I was praying for something recently. And uh, I was, you know how sometimes with God, you're just you're pleading with him. It's like, God, I need an answer. I yeah. really, really need an answer. And you're not being demanding. You're just, in your heart, you're like, I, my heart hurts. I'm trying to find an answer to this. So the other day I was doing that. And literally 10 minutes later, I got an email that had the answer in it. It was the crazy. <laughs> That's thing. crazy. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And what was interesting about the email was that the email was a response to something that I had asked two weeks prior, and that person didn't respond to me two weeks prior, and came back with, "I'm so sorry. I I, I must have lost. I, for, I forgot to respond. I thought I, you know, something yeah. like that." Yeah. And so God knew. God was holding back that response just so it would come at just the right yeah. time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? The way it you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I would call um, back on that one thing. Um, this is just a kind of a little term that you can think of in your head. Procrastination prayer. Okay. That is something that, that is something that there's multiple times in the Bible where mm-hmm. Jesus tells people, you know, to stop praying and do and like yeah. just do. So I think that's a big thing. But yeah, peace is also a good indicator of if you got some answers. Yeah. 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 I, we, we've talked on this podcast before about Moses when they get to the Red Sea and people are like, we need to pray about this. And yeah. God's like, you got time to pray. And the sea yeah, is like, you need, a, you need to go. Come yeah, on. The, the sea is split into two and people are like, I need to pray if I need to go through this as the ocean. It's obviously are. like, God split the yeah. sea. Yeah. Second uh, Timothy three sixteen seventeen 17 says, all scripture is God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. What does it mean that the scripture is God breathed? I mean, I think it just means, I think it means what it kind of sounds like. I mean, everything is a representation or um, has parallels with, you know, God, like everything mm-hmm. has God's, like God spoke it and yeah. it became. 
and use somebody, mm-hmm. a person, to to manifest it, right? Yeah, I think so too. Um, and then it, it it says this verse says that all scripture is useful for teaching and for these this list of words that they used here. You, do you believe that? All scripture? Yeah, I do. Most definitely. Think, yeah. Yeah. I think. Do you think we sometimes take some of those things for granted and like? Uh, we love, don't we love to take, we like to take certain sins and blow them up and talk about them a lot, you know, and we won't bring up any of those in particular, but we'll bring up this, this one grave sin that, that people are doing and, and, but that we don't do, right? It's something that yeah. I don't mm-hmm. do that sin. And so it's easy for me to talk about this one, Yeah. but I always like to bring up gluttony because yeah. <laughs> it's in the Bible and we like to ignore that one yeah. a lot mm-hmm. of times, right? But yeah. they're all they're all important, aren't they? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Sometimes we we pick and choose, but the whole the entirety of the Bible is God spoken. So mm-hmm. you can't you can't really pick and choose. But yeah, yeah. So what does it mean to be thoroughly equipped? What do you think that means? And and we can relate that to running too, right? Being yeah. thoroughly equipped is, am I doing all the, am I, am, doing, am I not just running? Mm-hmm. But you are know? you also doing all the little things to prepare? Sounds like somebody's talked to you about little things before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Are you, are you doing the stretching? Are you doing the, are you resting properly? Are you eating properly? Are you do all the other things that go along with it? You mentioned the band work. Yeah. It's just extra mm-hmm. stuff that you do. Thoroughly equipped means we're doing all of those things, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I think, you know, my when I write, I write my dean's thoughts, and, and those are basically, I take these running topics, I compare them and contrast them to things in the Scripture. We really can do that with everything. I mean, I do it with running, but we really, we can do that with everything, can't we? Everything we do in our life. The yeah. wash, the dishes. Yeah, there's parallels with like, yeah, (laughs) possibly. Uh, Well, if you wash them and didn't dry them, I mean, (laughs) like hand wash them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Last one. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says this. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Um, of course, in this section of Hebrews, he's talking about how kind of how we can draw closer to God, and kind of how some people do things that are not drawing us closer to God, right? Um, and, and I love the I love the phrase in here: spur one another on toward love, because in our day and time right now, we are so divided on so many things, and we hear so much about that. So. How, how do we do that? How do we spur one another on toward love and good deeds when it seems that all people are focused on these days are themselves? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that is all. I also think that that's probably one of the biggest things in today's time is just the fact of um, a lack of love, a lack of maybe empathy and love towards one another. I mean, we there's a lot of problems, but I think it all does come down to love. And the, and the only way to spread love is to show love i mean Mm -hmm. that's like i mean billy graham was one of the biggest you know uh evangelists to ever live because of one thing his message was love i mean like it's just 
It was always the same yeah. message every yeah. single time. So how do we do that ourselves? Is that hard? It can be. Yes, it can be. Yeah. 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 I think yeah, you have to train yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like anything, you have to train yourself to show it daily. You have to train yourself to when you see someone who you don't agree with because because that's the biggest thing is like why can't you disagree with there's always going to be disagreements Mm -hmm. but there should never be a lack of love i feel like some people nowadays correlate disagreement yeah with an inability to provide love and that's just not true and that's i mean no i definitely agree like especially if you're talking to someone that maybe don't share the same like interest or like like just like religious values than you and stuff like Mm -hmm. it's okay to disagree with things but also like hear them out like show them that you're like you want to listen to them and show that love to them sure because we can't we can't have a discussion unless we know where we stand right Mm -hmm. so that has to be the basis i remember times and, and you guys haven't been around long enough but i remember 9 11 when 9 11 happened how everybody came together in that time when you know the world was divided then too but when that happened people in this country everybody kind of had a common direction that everybody was headed um when the moon landing happened way back in the late 60s the the same thing everybody was so proud of what was going on and everybody kind of came together even though there were a lot of political differences don't you think that our faith should be able to pull us all together like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, shouldn't we as Christians, shouldn't we be able to look at somebody who doesn't agree with us? And although we may not agree, and although we're not going to agree with whatever it is they're going to do, shouldn't we be able to look at them and love them anyway? That's what the that's what it's saying here in the scripture, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how, from a young people perspective, I've got my old person perspective. I just talked about 9-11 and the moon landing, for goodness sakes. Those are old, old events. How do we do it today? How do we bring people together today? I think it is about, I mean, it's kind of a, I mean, it's a broken record, but it always goes back to to love and, and hearing people out. I mean, just because someone has done something or is doing something i think people mistake um or let me let me go back to if someone has done something or is doing something that doesn't discount them from being able to have an abundance of love from someone and we don't we're not mixing that with um supporting i feel like some Mm -hmm. some people think that if you show love to someone or if you love someone, you're supporting what they're doing. Yeah. That's not necessarily true. You don't have to support something that someone is doing when when you love them. You're just show it, it's a it's a it's an I mean yeah. I mean I think yeah, that's the biggest I mean, thing. What, I mean Jesus did that, like in I the think, Bible. Yes. He I mean he showed so much love to people. Yep. He didn't agree with the woman who was caught in adultery mm-hmm. um, with what she was doing but he very clearly loved her mm-hmm. and told her to go and sin no more yeah. he, he made it very clear that he didn't agree actually but he did it in a way that was loving right? mm-hmm. yeah and, yeah uh, yeah i agree what do you think this scripture is talking about people meeting it's talking about gathering as believers and, and that kind of thing um 
social media these days is a social media it can be good and it can be bad mm-hmm. right and i think here's my fear from a, from an old person perspective i fear that social media is taking the place of gathering like we're looking at being on instagram as if we're in a group and although there is some pulling uh, pulling folks together it's not the same thing is it and, and how do we how do we work with social media and this combating and disagreement and stuff like that what do we need to do from a social media standpoint to um, to get people to come together on social media because social media is probably as big a divider as anything yeah right because people know that they're they're almost they're not anonymous but they are they people get a lot more bold yeah. to type something in than they do to say it right mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who will say things um, that that they're not very nice on social media, and then you go meet that person. I, I get yeah. here's a good example. There's a coach, and I won't mention what the college it is, but there's a coach for one of the colleges that we will we've run meets at several times. And I remember the first few times that I emailed back and forth with him, I thought, "What this guy's just the biggest smart aleck." He's and he's you know I really thought this guy was just rude, and then I met him. One of the nicest guys laid back dudes just as nice as he could be but his emails portrayed something completely different yeah because we can't hear mm-hmm. we can't we can't feel empathy or anything through words that are written on a page so yeah what do we do about that problem with social media yeah i feel like it's uh social media can also put up like you know some i mean a lot of false faces i mean yeah i mean just a lot and that's something that you have to kind of Look, you should. When looking at social media, I feel like you always have to get give people the benefit of the doubt because chances are, chances are it's so, it's such a different story. If it looks good and it's actually bad, if it if it looks bad and it's actually good, it's just most mm-hmm. of the time it's such a different story, and you you gotta actually you, you can know, never assume. People. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's the biggest part. I think that's the biggest flaw with social media is there's so much assumption, and then attacking in that moment about the assumption there's nothing wrong with disagreeing but it's when people publicly in front of everybody else you know attack other people even even a even a direct message to that person is more appropriate yeah Mm -hmm. if you got to get it off your chest call the person or be like hey i want to meet up because i just got to get this off my chest but don't you know attack the person publicly on a page where you know people are just reading stuff. It, it it yeah. There's a lot of false faces, and you can't you can't. Because you can't. I mean, you can you can't hear the tone either. Yeah, when it's tone on. is. But the other thing too is social media can help draw us together as well. Yes. The the Run for God Run Club is a good example of that. There mm-hmm. are so many people that they they write all the time. They're so thankful for this online group that they have, that has really built them up and helped them to get through some things. So. Um, yeah, and you've probably been through that where you've seen social media bring people together, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, specifically with the with the Run for God page, I think it's hard to do that. You you don't see you see more of the bad than the good. I feel like on mm-hmm. social media, so it's really important to establish yourself with a group on social media. Because I mean, there's a lot of people who don't don't do social media, which is which is fine. But that Run Club group is a kind of rare sight of just constant, you know. All positive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. We need to search out those kinds of groups, don't we? Mm -hmm. To be to be a part of. And when you find a group that is so negative and so divisive, we need to we need to get away we need to distance yeah. ourselves from yeah. those really. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that's hard to do because you got a really good friend who's part of that group. And so you want to be part of that group because your good friend is part of that group, but you're like, <laughs> but it's not good for me. Yeah. It's not good for mm -hmm. me. How about this question? Do you follow a training plan or do you wing it? <laughs> well, I know you follow a training plan. Uh, I actually wing it. I don't. I don't do yeah. any. I go day by day, and I just. Do you really? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, just like, kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was like, "There's no way." <laughs> Your training plan is written out a year ahead of time. Yeah. Yours yeah. is not. Yeah. And we we have y'all's two coaches have a well. I don't know, we don't really disagree. We really agree, but um, yeah. just the approach is a little bit different but it's yeah because uh, you there's an idea i know what we're doing but not specifically right mm -hmm. so for for you and, and y'all's training plan i know what what we're doing what we're trying to accomplish for a particular week but how we do that changes from week to week based on how you guys feel yeah i mean you you kind of have a yearly plan i mean i can ask you you know what are your girls going to be doing in january of next year you're gonna know the goal of it that's right. i mean mm -hmm. and so but yeah that's right yep yep so but it's also important to be able to modify a training plan right yes so that we can uh, and, and obviously when it comes to an injury it makes it obvious that you have to but there's other times to do it too right there's times when it's not an injury but it's yeah. something else yeah yeah if you have a year-long training plan and you think that you're not going to change that in the course of 12 months you're crazy because there's there's all there's always change that happens i mean i don't know a week that goes by and something small isn't changed so yeah and and it kind of go back in, back to our spiritual walk um can you imagine here's the way because think about it from a spiritual standpoint we go and okay we read a couple of chapters in the bible today and then tomorrow you know um tomorrow we you know we, we read something else somewhere else and it, but we we don't really have a plan right can you imagine if running every day Beck if I just said every day you came to practice I just said well just just run what you want to run I probably wouldn't run yeah how successful? Oh, no I'm just kidding I would <laughs> I definitely would run but how successful would we be if we, that were the case um we would not be successful I personally don't think we would, or I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Because I need I need a plan to look at to know what I'm going to be doing. And doesn't that go back to our spiritual walk? Because so many of us, we go through our spiritual lives kind of just winging it. Yeah. But we go through, you know, we, we train for other things. Work, we have to be at work a certain time every day. Um, mm -hmm. You have to be at school, in classes, certain, you have a plan for all of that. But then our spiritual lives are just kind of like, wow, we just, you know, whatever feels good in the moment. Yeah, it's really important yeah. to have a plan. because, yeah. And it's important to have a plan that you're, it's, it's a given that you're going to do. I mean, like the reason people, you know, get through high school and most, a lot of people get diplomas is because it's a given that you're going to be at school at 830 every morning. Yeah. And so you have to make it the same with, you know, a training plan or spiritual plan. It's a given that you're going to be in your Bible because some people are like, oh, man, I'm going to I'm going to get in my Bible today. I'm going to I'm going to do this. Today is going to be the day. But it's, it has to be, you know, 
SB yeah a plan I, it's honestly it like when Lane said something about like getting in the Bible like it's almost it's almost like you get in like a cleaning spree like oh my goodness I'm gonna start cleaning today you know? yeah. it's like yeah. oh I feel like getting in the Bible today yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And it's like the reason you usually start cleaning is because everything is just a mess yeah and just wrecked so it is important to have a plan mm-hmm. yeah yeah and when we do follow that plan we also have to kind of follow that plan with the right attitude too right so um listen i I've, I've seen both of you guys come to practice and i've seen both of you guys when i know before you even take the first step what kind of workout you're gonna have yeah right yeah. why yeah. is that you can see it on our faces yeah right it's the ad- attitude or attitude show up. or the yeah. way we speak it's, yeah. a, it's exactly yeah. right right so it's so we talk about the mental side and that's that's really the mental side right that's not really the physical side at that point yeah um we it, it's the difference in my opinion when i think about that because i think there's times where somebody comes to practice i know it's like i want to try to be encouraging and i want to try to you've heard me before tell people to smile or you know just whatever because i'm trying to get people to kind of change that that mode and sometimes folks can do that sometimes they don't but i look at it like the difference between knowing like you know what you're going to do right for the day because you you have your your weekly schedule comes out over the weekend and you know what you're going to do each day for that week Um, so you know what to do and you know what you're going to be doing but what you do with that is so important Mm -hmm. and it's the difference between knowing scriptures people who are atheists know scriptures right Mm -hmm. but what are we doing with them is the question you have to live them out that's right most definitely yeah Another question. Have you developed a plan for your spiritual growth? Um, Lane, I know uh, your dad and your college coach, they they kind of plan plan your stuff out, your your training yeah. plan out, you know, yeah. a, ahead of time. Um, are, are we doing that from a from a spiritual standpoint? Um, is the question. Uh, yeah, I think just like anything, it, it starts with a plan. I mean, you, and, and a plan is, you know, it has to be specific. You wouldn't write a training plan and say, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to run at some time every day. You, there's usually a set time that you're like, okay, I'm going to do this, then, and this, then. You, you got to have some sort of time, like in the morning at 7 a.m., I'm going to open my Bible and I'm going to you know, connect with God. And some people feel like, well, I don't want it to be that rigid. I don't want it to be, mm-hmm. but that's okay. It's okay to have a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like some people get into the thought process of like, um, well, I don't want to force it. I don't know. There's just some few ideas, yeah. but it's good to have a plan always. I don't know if I ever told you guys this. When I was in college, I had a system that I used from when I was in college. And I, I, what I did is I took a, a, a sheet of paper and I drew the 10 weeks, or, or we had quarter system back then, so it was only 10 weeks of classes. And I drew those 10 weeks out in a calendar form in one, on one sheet of paper. And then for every day, I would write in the number of hours I slept, the number of hours I studied, uh, the chapters of the Bible that I actually studied, and then the number of miles that I ran each day. And so those numbers were, I put them in those little boxes 
and it it kept me accountable. That was my that was my plan. And even though, like you just said, I wasn't necessarily structured in that I was going to study this certain thing each day, but each day I was going to study something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and that made such a difference for me. It kept me on track because. I didn't want to write down a zero. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to write Mm -hmm. down that I studied for zero hours today. So no matter what, I would always get in some studying to make sure that I didn't write that zero down. And guess what happened? My grades changed like crazy. (laughs) I mean, because I started focusing on it. Yeah. And that's why a plan is so important. Because if we don't have a plan, it's it's like having a map. If you don't have a destination on the map that you're headed for, you're going to get there. You know, yeah. you're going to get wherever, and it's not. It may not be where you want to be. Yeah, and that's the same way when it comes my, to our spiritual. And my father's favorite saying: "If you fail to plan, then plan to fail." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty true. So, do you guys have any kind of a system like I just described at all? Is there? Do you guys do something that's really structured like that that keeps you on track? Or we're working on it. Working on it. We're working on it. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, all right. All right. Last question. Do you have a coach you trust? Well, that's just under the circumstances. That's not a fair question, but. Yeah, that's a bit loaded for Rebecca. No, yeah. I don't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, well, let, let me let, let me go at it a different way. What is it about your coach um, that makes you trust them. I feel like a lot of his relationship. I mean, mm-hmm. it's of course it's good to have a coach that you know that knows their stuff, but it's also a relationship developing a relationship so you know that they're trying to get the the best for you. And that's weird to say because most coaches do want the best for you. It's not mm-hmm. to say that there's coaches that don't. I mean, there are, but but it's really important to have that relationship with a coach. Um, I don't know how to explain it because I'm not trying to say that some coaches don't want the best for you, but they're a relationship enhances that feeling of um, a real like get give and take. Yeah, that they are really seeking not just letting not just creating a plan that will get you faster or stronger or whatever you're trying to do. But a real relationship where they're like seeking out the best mm-hmm. for you, and listening to your inputs, yeah, yes, right, yeah, and, and and allowing you some input into that. But at the same time, when you go too crazy with your inputs, going, nope, yeah, stopping here, right? yeah, because you need that too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a coach and an athlete has to be wrong and right several times in their relationship. If there's a relationship where where one person's always right or one it just can't work that way there always has to be you know give and take there has to be there has to be compromises on certain things like you have to Mm -hmm. in a coach athlete relationship you have to be willing to compromise at certain points on the athlete and coach's side yeah to make it work so that's a good way to put it so is that kind of what what do you think rebecca what 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 makes what makes you trust your coach what well uh, lane definitely gave some great points but definitely um just on the outside of coaching uh with like the relationship part um coaches like getting to know you Mm -hmm. and um asking about maybe not just the running part of life but also the outside part of life that you're going through i think Mm -hmm. it's just 
more personal and it makes them it makes the athlete trust the coach even better because it shows that oh my coach values me and doesn't value oh I just come to practice just to run just to get better but they also value what is going on outside of my life yeah and care about where Mm -hmm. where you're headed in life right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um so do, 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 do your coaches ask you to do things you don't want to do yes yes <laughs> <laughs> so but you trust them anyway even though they're asking you to do stuff you don't yeah. want to do right and that's where you have to have that right attitude coming in and positive mindset <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so why would you trust somebody who wants you to do something you don't want to do they see the bigger picture and that's i mean that's like god too um like god will ask you to do something and you're like why you're getting like, ahead of me becca but that's okay that's sorry good. that's good yeah. <laughs> no that's exactly right mm-hmm. that's exactly right yeah there are things that the scripture tells us to do and i always like to use the example of forgiveness forgiveness is hard it is really hard to forgive somebody who has done something that you didn't like or you know whatever the case may be but the bible tells us to do it and we need to do it just like we need to do that long run whether we want to do it or we don't want to do it right yep god is a pretty good coach isn't he yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i would i would go back on what i my relationship with the coach where i said about compromises you probably probably should not expect god to compromise yeah you. i mean you should probably i mean that seems like a pretty definitely probably do. <laughs> but i think i don't I, I, i'm gonna back i'm gonna back you up a little bit because i think that god does compromise with us yeah. you know he, he's very black and white on what's right and what, what's wrong um but, but I think, that just like I was talking about a little while ago when I prayed something and 10 minutes later I got that email, God knew that was a compromise. That yeah. Was a, yeah, that's I, true. I want to answer you quick now because I realize you need it a little bit more right now yeah. than, mm-hmm. than in other times, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think, again, it's individualized. Yeah, it really is. At Run For God, we care about more than just your exercise. We care about your relationship with God, and we believe that the music you listen to while you run can help you build your relationship with God. That's why we partner with J Radio. J Radio offers a variety of positive and Christian playlists to listen to while you run. You can find a playlist that I put together on the Run For God station at J Radio. so we're back so let's uh again lane you talked about your injury being a stress reaction which is what is a stress reaction that's like just prior to a stress fracture yes a stress reaction is just before a stress fracture i didn't quite understand it at first because i figured you know how can a bone be in between figured a bone can either be healthy or fractured but yeah apparently there is some buildup of i don't know what you call it but there's buildup of stuff in the bone mm-hmm. that um you can see that if you go farther it will become a stress fracture so i don't 100 percent know how to explain it but it's kind of like uh when there's when there's a lot of you know inflammation and stuff in your muscles before there's an actual tear i guess it's the bones version of like a strain yeah, it's like that a makes sense. Yeah, if that makes sense. That's the best way I can describe. It. I don't know exactly how it works, but you know, I had the exact same injury back about eleven or twelve, twelve years ago. I think it was that I yeah. had that, that same injury. Um, 
unfortunately they didn't diagnose mine as fast as they did yours yeah so i ran on mine for a couple of months really and uh, yes and it got so it finally got i got to the point i did i had been to the doctor and the doctors were like we're not sure because you know you had to have an mri to see yeah and um anyway i I ran a 10 mile race one day and i about halfway through that race it got really really bad and by the time i got finished i had a really hard time just walking from the finish line to my car really i mean just just walking just getting there that's interesting because yours was a fracture right yeah yours was a full-on fracture and mine's just a reaction and i couldn't even run on it yeah like it's it's weird how different i mean you could run on yours well i'm tougher than you are yeah i was about to be like it shows who's Uh, more mentally tough (laughs) but no i'm just (laughs) you also said that yours did you say that yours sometimes felt better as you ran yeah i would run and it would hurt like the dickens for the first two miles and then after two miles it would ease off and kind of go away and yeah, then, and then it would come back toward the end of a run yeah that that's so odd i mean that just yeah. shows how everybody's different because yeah. mine mm-hmm. mine was not even as bad as yours but the pain level was so much higher i don't know it's, yeah. it's weird yeah yeah it is it is it is it is strange for sure so becca yours has turned out to be you kind of strained some ligaments in your foot right yeah it's like a midfoot sprain with the ligaments mm-hmm. yeah so when your foot when you land and your foot spreads out because that's what our body does right mm-hmm. our, when our foot spreads out it's that's the shock absorber that's it's built right into our body and right now that hurts for that to spread out doesn't it yes it does yeah um i remember when this happened um and and you're laying there on the side of the track and it's so hard as a coach to see that to see something like that it's a little bit different when it's something that comes on slow like that because you were in the best shape of your life you really were about to run a pr um for, for that for one of your favorite races and um that's hard that's, that's hard to watch um but you know what's really refreshing as a coach is the next morning when when you got up the next morning and you said it feels better and i could see the sparkle in your eye Mm -hmm. of this isn't gonna be as bad as we thought it was gonna be yesterday by golly yeah um and it's it's really good to see that kind of a an outlook on it um because a lot of times and i see this all the time particularly people who are big worriers they get so absorbed in it that we start, we feel sorry for ourselves. And that feeling sorry for ourselves just, it just builds and builds and it just gets worse and worse. Um, and you guys aren't doing that. You guys are focused on doing what you can instead of yeah. focusing on mm-hmm. what you can't do, right? Um, you went swimming yesterday, right? Yes. To, uh, to try to keep that fitness level up uh, so that we can hopefully that foot will heal itself up and get back to running and you can still run well Mm -hmm. Um, and for those people who are out there right now because we have people who are listening to this who have some they have plantar fasciitis they have a runner's knee they have some kind of a, a minor issue that's causing them either discomfort when they run or causing them to not be able to run. Do you have any particular words you want to say to people who are struggling with something like that right now? Yeah, I mean, you ha- 
I mean, I think it's just so important to look at the bigger picture. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to harp on it and bore the people at home, but it's <laughs> it's so much about you can't af- you can't afford to get caught up in in what what that is uh, or what you're what you're going through because there is so many things. Just like I said earlier, there's so many things that you can be working on. Mm-hmm. in that time and worry is not going to help you <clears throat> yeah worry, worry does not help you and i would plan plan say okay for the next three weeks i'm going to i'm gonna i'm gonna not do anything i'm gonna worry every single day i'm gonna I'm worry good i'm gonna like be the best worrier and just see what that looks like in three weeks like plan it out <laughs> like yeah. see how awful see how you're doing at out. the end of those three yeah. weeks yeah. 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 yeah see how much three weeks of some good quality worrying gets you i don't think it i don't think it gets very far <laughs> i don't think it's gonna help a bit as a matter of fact i honestly believe psychosomatically that it'll it hurts you rather than mm-hmm. helps you. oh 100 percent. i've heard so many stories i've heard so many stories about like some stories that you're like i don't even know if that's true i don't know that that's true i heard a i'll say it real quick i, I heard a story i don't know if this is true this is one of them where i'm like i don't completely know a guy um i think he was a pitcher or something awful injury to his hand and they said like the healing period was going to be like 11 months he had to get surgery and stuff and he just had this attitude of every day after that surgery, he would imagine these little tiny workers going. I learned, I heard the story from my swim coach, by the way. So mm-hmm. credits to him. And um, he imagined these little workers going into his hand and repairing his hand every day. And it was just getting better and better and better and better. And his healing time was supposed to be one year from the surgery to the time he could pitch again. And he was pitching back in major league games in seven months wow that's crazy that's and so it's just like it's true yeah it's true i remember hearing a story about a guy who had a a thing called focal dystonia um i think that's what it's called and and what that meant was his hand every time he would put his hand on paper and try to write his hand would spasm and he couldn't write now unfortunately for this guy he was a cartoonist so he made his living quite literally writing with his hand. and um, But he was able to – nobody had ever been cured of this. The doctors told him there's no point in even worrying about it. Don't – there's nothing you can do. This is – you have to live with this rest of your life. Maybe you can learn how to write left-handed. Um, but what he did was he said, I'm going to be the first person who recovers from this disease. And that's exactly what he did. Every day, he would put his hand on the paper, and it would he'd be able to put his hand on the paper for just a second before it would start to spasm. And so he'd, he'd wait till it would spasm, and he'd put, pick it back up off the paper. The next day, he'd do it for a, a half second longer. And he just did this over and over and over again until he got over it. And today, he's over mm-hmm. that. Um, there's so much that we can do with our minds yeah. when we focus that way. And it looks like you guys are focused that way. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's that's good. Um, let me try. Okay, uh, it is time for Dean's thoughts, and that is a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. And this time, I thought I would write about something that Lane and Becca could relate to. So, this is called "Oh to Be Young." When you're young, you don't realize what a big deal it is to be youthful. 
I remember the days of being so athletic that I could jump over a four-foot chain-link fence without even touching it. I could dunk a basketball. I never dropped anything. And yes, I could run much faster. I think about it from time to time and lament the good old days when I was a more agile athlete. If I could run as fast as I could in college, I could break world records in my age group. That would be fun. I would be more efficient in a lot of things I do simply because I was better coordinated and stronger. I was more flexible too when I was young. I remember improving my flexibility to the point that I could sit on the floor with my feet straight in front of me and reach six inches past my toes. Today, I can't come within six inches of my toes. Oh, to be young again. But then again, I remember having ulcers when I was in high school. I spent half my day bent over in pain when it was bad. I found the strength to run, but it was a struggle. I was diagnosed with ulcers at an age that most people just don't suffer from them. I was so worried about some of the things going on around me that it caused physical problems in my body. Then, one day, I made up my mind that I would just no longer worry about anything to the point of making me sick. And just like that, the pain was gone. So when you hear me talk about the power of the mind, please realize, I know how powerful it can be. That was just one lesson I learned very early in life. There have been many more. The truth is that I have learned so much in my years on earth that I don't want to go back to a time when I was, let's say, a little more innocent, if not ignorant. I love my life now because of what I learned along the years, and I wouldn't trade it. I've learned some things the hard way, and some I've learned from people I trusted along the way. I look back at people God placed in my path, and I'm ever so thankful for them. Those experiences are priceless. My mother is gone now, but she was the very essence of unconditional love to me. She taught me so many things without even speaking sometimes. She was the only picture of unconditional love I knew until I met Jesus. My first real encounter with Jesus was under a tent. I was about eight or nine years old, and a local church had set up a tent revival on some property adjacent to the trailer park where I lived. The trailer park where I lived was an enormous complex, and the meeting was packed tight. I lingered around the perimeter of the tent as the proceedings went on, and I knew instinctively that there was something to the Jesus they were talking about. My life changed on that day. Since that fateful day, my relationship with Jesus has grown. There have been ups and downs. The ups happened when I paid attention to his direction for my life. The downs happened when I went my own way. Learning that pattern has been critical to a thriving relationship with him. It would be fun to go back to do the things that I, that I could do when I was young. I can't even hop over a fence anymore, let alone clear it in one jump. But if I was given the chance, I don't think I'd want to go back. Why? Well, because God has placed me on my path for a reason, and I'm convinced that the best is yet to come. Why would I want to place myself further from the best stuff? I've been through some tough times, but many of those things made me who I am today. I wouldn't want it any other way. God has a plan for me, just like he does for everyone. I'm convinced that we need to do what we can for him uh, wherever we happen to be, whether good or bad paradise or dump, rich or poor, hot or cold, fast or slow, or whatever the circumstances, I am where I am because that's where God has me. I'm sure Paul didn't like being in prison, but he made the most of his time there. 
That's what God has called all of us to do. Would I go back to being young again if I had the chance? Only if I could go back and still retain all the experiences I have had, good and bad. It has been said that there is no substitute for experiences, for experience. There is nowhere that is more powerfully demonstrated than in our, power, our spiritual lives. The thing that makes the last 10K of a marathon so difficult is the first 20 miles. But that difficulty is also what makes crossing the finish line so special. We have to go through a lot of tough times so that we can really appreciate where God has us and why. Never discount the place where God has planted you. There is a reason for it. And remember Romans 8.28. He works all things for good for those who love him. You just don't realize how nice it is to be young. It's, uh, I, I remember when I was, I was about 35, um, and I was just, I was kind of off and on running back then. And this guy was, uh, I saw him running through my neighborhood one day, and I thought, man, that guy's pretty good. He looked like he was moving pretty fast. And it turned out he and I were pretty close to the same, same speed. Um, excuse me. I said when he was about 35, I was younger. And he would talk about how hard it was being old at 35. And I was like, I used to give him such a hard time. I used to tell him he was whining and everything else. And of course, you guys know me. I whine a lot about being old. <laughs> um, th- it really is that you really don't don't have any idea until you're until it's too late, and then you can't do anything to go back to where you yeah. were and appreciate what you had. Um, but I don't know if I've ever talked about this ulcer issue that I talked about in here. I had a couple of things came up. It was very interesting when I was writing this story. Um, do you guys ever worry about time's going to get by and you're going to miss part of what you could do when you're young? You ever thought about that? I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I have. I think um, definitely when you're not, when things like slow down in yeah. life, sometimes sometimes you get in your own head. And you start thinking. I mean, yeah, the, the thought has crossed my mind, but I don't. I don't think I dwell too much in it, really. Well, I don't think it's healthy to dwell on it. But no. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, it's just something that I, I never thought about it when I was your age. It never crossed my mind. You know, as far as I was concerned, I was just going to be that age forever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really. Yeah. Um, probably, I never really talked about or thought about the idea of aging until I met this guy. Who, who started talking about being older and how it was it was harder to be older and uh, in some ways um, but uh, one of the things that drives me crazy about so many young people these days is I see some of them that just sleep the days away like people who get up at one o'clock on a Saturday drives me crazy yeah it just drives yeah. me bonkers because it's like you're missing life yeah mm-hmm. there's so much out there and I know you guys both of you guys cram a lot of life into a week yeah um, yes if there's a lot of adults out there that don't get in near as much as you guys get in in, in a week and uh you're you're definitely to be young and to to, to get that much done is, is pretty pretty awesome um can you think of a time when th- this this ulcer thing this is a true story now i literally willed those ulcers to go away we were just talking about things you can do in your mind to make injuries better i literally decided one day one day i just said i'm not worrying about things like that anymore and i stopped and i don't worry about anything like i did at that time 
Um, how, can you guys think of a time where your mind just said, today I'm changing and tomorrow you are different? Yeah, I think I think sometimes that happens in, um, I mean, that happens in training. It happens with mm-hmm. with injuries. It's, it's all a mindset. I mean, there, there's, pl- there's plenty of studies about, you know, placebos, cra- crazy studies like that that yeah. happen. Um, but yeah, I can't, I, I don't know something crazy that's happened specifically with me. But but there's plenty of stories about you know the the placebo effect and and it's not the placebo effect like this it's just the mentality. Mm-hmm. Well, I can name something that happened with you because I saw it happen. <laughs> oh you remember, yeah, you remember tempo yeah. runs? You remember how remember much you guys runs. struggled with tempo runs? Yeah, and we kept saying over and over again, "You can do this, you can do this, you can do this," and then it just clicked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? yeah, and now tempo runs are. Well, I mean, there's tempo run still not easy, but yeah. it's mm-hmm. a lot easier. Yeah, you were convinced at one time, true, true or not, that it wasn't possible. Yeah, and it was it was also frustrating because I thought it wasn't possible because I could mm-hmm. never figure it out. But at the same time, when I sat down and I looked at the times and I looked at the paces and I looked at um, the mileage there's no way I shouldn't be able to do it. Like when you look mm-hmm. at your 5K PR and then you look at a tempo run that you're supposed to do, you're like, there's no way I should not be able to physically complete this. But then you get into it and it just doesn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel that way about tempo runs or is there another workout that you can remember that didn't click? Well, I can think of um, workouts where they have like clicked and stuff. Um especially like where my mind has changed so what you were talking about Mm -hmm. i know like for conference um going into the race my my whole mind changed Mm -hmm. um because i know before that um with running i would deal with the negative side and not have the right attitude and stuff but Mm -hmm. i know for that race i changed my mindset and i was like you know like i'm gonna change my mindset for this race and like i'm gonna i know it's not talking about the injury side but like no but um I changed my mindset and like I went into the race knowing like, hey, like I'm gonna win the race, even whether I won or not. And whatever I do, I'm gonna give all glory to God. And I went into that race and obviously I did do well in it. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was in the past, sorry, Lane, I'm gonna bring this up. Um, <laughs> um, when we did a workout in, tri- in triathlon practices, and I think it was after a bike. Oh, it 100% was after, it was after a, bike. a long bike race or not race, but bike bike workout. And we had to do, I think, a tempo, like a mile time trial. And I remember. Yeah, yeah. And he knows exactly where I'm going with this right now. And I got tripped during the mile. And in my mind, I could have automatically been just defeated and given up in that race. But I changed my mindset and I chased everyone down, and that was the first time I ever beat Lane. And it was the yeah. greatest moment ever. For some reason, for some reason, but Rebecca it was the mind. I run. changed. It, 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 it was the mind, but I'll tell you what it also is. For some reason, Rebecca can run very good On after, after just an awful bike workout. I mean, awful. I don't know what it is, but, I mean, yeah, it was the mind. But there's yeah. something else going on because nobody should be able to run that good after just killing themselves on the bike. Just shows who's mentally stronger, you know? <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, well, I, I just I think this whole idea of being thankful for where we are, I think, is important. 
and and not lamenting. I remember when uh, the the whole pandemic hit and thinking about people who were high school seniors at the time that the pandemic hit and just thinking, what a shame it was for them to have to. You know, the, your senior year is something that's always important, and we pay, place a lot of emphasis on it. And yeah. and their senior mm-hmm. year just got kind of ruined, and that was so sad that we graduated with them not being able to be in class, you know, and, and around family and, and and those kinds of things. And um, but there's nothing we can do about it, is there? Yeah. When those things yeah. happen, mm-hmm. all we can do is make the best of it. Yeah. And, and keep moving and realize that whatever that thing is, whatever that thing is that drives us crazy that we don't like is going to make us stronger and better. And that's kind of the way you guys have looked at at your injuries, both mm-hmm. of you, right? So, uh, so yeah. Do you remember the time when your first recognition was Jesus was somebody that you needed to pay attention to? Like I, I mentioned here in this tent revival. Do you remember that time? Yeah, yeah. I feel like there was a... There was a time where a lot of the seniors in our youth group got up to share their testimony. I forget when it was. I had to have been in like eighth grade. Yeah. I feel like it was the first time that I really felt like like a a call to a relationship. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, grew, I grew up in church. Yeah. But it was the first time where I felt this uh, thing. I was like, this is like something. It just felt different in a way, which was weird because it, was, it felt it's not really that late. I mean, eighth grade is not that late in your life, but but it felt so late. It yeah. felt so because I had already got quotation saved yeah. when I was you know like four, or five or something. Right. Um, but it was just you know kind of your, your parents' faith and stuff. But that that was the that was the first time where I really felt yeah. felt it. Mine Becca, is, did you have? Mine's kind of similar, but I, I got quote saved when I was probably in elementary school. And it was just because, like, everyone else was doing it. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know, <laughs> going to follow the crowd. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, like, I didn't want to. And they, it was kind of more of, and I grew up in church my whole life, too. And um, it was more of a fear of I didn't want to spend eternity in hell. So that's why I changed. And I was like, I have to get this, like, taken care of, like, right now. But mom was in middle school when we had a revival team actually come to our church and during the week and I was there and I was honestly I didn't really want to go to it because I was like I'm not going to learn anything like I'm I, I knew why they were there yeah. and which isn't the right mindset and when I was there like God really like shook me and was like and something they said I, I still remember like they they were painting an orange or something which is really <laughs> weird and they were like the picture was talking about like what when that orange is being squeezed, like what's coming out of your life and yeah. um, like are the fruits coming out? And in my head, I was like, oh my goodness. Like wow. if I like, and it just was like a whole realization and that's like the closest I've ever like experienced. Like, oh my goodness, like I need Jesus. Yeah. And and I was like, if I die today, like I don't know where I was gonna experience, where, where I was gonna go. Yeah. And it was just a more humbling experience for me because like I played on the, um, worship band in the youth and i was like oh my goodness what are people going to think of me but in that moment i didn't really care because i was like i need to get this right amen amen do you struggle with motivation to exercise are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you the run for god run club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter healthier you 
trying to get into better shape and do it. With the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you're participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at www.runforgod.com. All right, so we're back, and so what do you guys? What's your is your favorite? What's your favorite sport? Is is yours triathlon? Cricket, cricket. I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It is triathlon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What about you, Becca? Do you like track or cross country, or is there another sport that you like even better? Um, I like cross country because you get um, finished quicker. <laughs> the meat's over the meat's over and you're done but also like track because it's more individualized with the races and you can focus on one race is there a particular sport that you would have if, if you weren't running was there another sport that you would like to or you would even like to be good at that you're maybe you're not um soccer sounds pretty cool yeah yeah but i'm not coordinated too (laughs) but i think soccer would be fun to learn because it has the same aspects of running like you're still running but you there's also like a game involved so you're trying to score yeah what about you lane well i i used to play baseball so I, i really used to like baseball um if i didn't do triathlons i may still be doing baseball but i also like I don't know. Wrestling and golf are kind of maybe not wrestling. I just feel like wrestling is another endurance sport that is. Yeah. But golf. Golf. I enjoy the. Th- I enjoy the thought of being good at golf. I'll yeah. put it that way. I don't know that <laughs> you I can. Me both. <laughs> I enjoy what that sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but it's hard to be good at. Yeah. It's definitely hard to be good at. So both of you have just recently run PRs. Lane, you ran a 5K PR recently. Yes. Becky, you ran an 800-meter mm-hmm. uh, PR recently. So how do you look at these injuries? You're dealing with these injuries, and you just ran the best you've ever run in your whole life. Does that make things better or worse in, in your mind? I think it makes things – I mean, I think it makes it better and worse in a way. For me specifically, that – um PR was kind of a was kind of a big break for me. Like yeah. I had had a rough, you know, past probably 9ish months and I get this like I get this PR and then it just goes right back to and so it's frustrating in that sense. But it's also I think it's it's also good because if you go two straight years with nothing going right, that's just kind of demoralizing. So it it was good to have that kind of sense of like okay, I still I still got it. Like yeah. it's still there, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think there's good and bad. There's frustrating parts. Yeah. What about you, Becca? I mean, I definitely agree. Um, when I ran that PR, it showed that wow, like I have it in me. Yeah. And it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I mean, that's definitely like the good part of it. But like what Lane said, like after it, I haven't been able to <laughs> hit it again. So that's kind of frustrating. <laughs> so. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I had tears in my eyes when you when you ran your PR. I wasn't there for lanes, unfortunately, <laughs> um, but I remember you running yours, and I was so I was so stinking excited. <laughs> uh, what about? Do you have any? Do you have a favorite track athlete or runner? I don't all? know many runners. You know? <laughs> 
You know, I've always okay. I've said it on the podcast before. I like Lopez Lemong. Yeah. I like that guy, but I tell you, this Grant Fisher dude. <laughs> I don't know if y'all people at home know who Grant Fisher is, but this guy's kind of he's kind of killing it at the moment. Yes, he is. I love watching him run. He's yeah. it's crazy because I don't it's crazy. I don't I haven't seen an American of this like dominance since like is Galen Rupp American? He's American. He's American. Yeah. He does he have an American he was, accent? Is he, he was pretty good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I haven't yeah. seen this type of this level of just like um just absurd athleticism. Yeah. Just this amount of dominance since well, like Galen, Galen Rupp. Rupp. Galen Rupp did win a silver medal in the ten thousand meters in the Olympics. So that's true. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like is like this is it's just nice to see yeah. that again. I don't know when the last time I've heard of American of an American going under like twelve fifty five since since yeah. Galen Rupp. I mean, like it's just yeah. yeah. That's true. That's true. Uh so let me ask you this. What's the toughest track workout you've ever done? Track or cross country? What's the toughest workout you've ever done? Do you know? You got something right on the tip of your tongue. Mm-hmm. Which one is it? Um, I don't remember what it was called, but you'll probably know. It was the one at Grove Level. We It was some ladder set, and we had to do – I know there was mile repeats. There was half mile. Um, it was in the summertime, so it was really hot, too. Yeah. But it was abs- – all I remember is that it was absolutely awful. There were a lot, a lot of miles in that one, too. Yes. It was long. It was long, and it was absolutely horrendous. <laughs> I I was actually thinking as I was running, why did I choose the sport <laughs> to run? Because this is not fun. <laughs> yeah, not fun while you're doing it, for sure. Yeah. I think there's – I was thinking about it. There's multiple workouts that have just been awful. I mean, 15-400 is never fun. Yeah. That's never fun. There was a workout that we did. It was actually – in the past couple months it was right after i had set that pr i don't know what it was about it it was a three mile progression run and this was like a week after the meet and you were supposed to go i think it was like you're supposed to go 520 five flat and then like 445 and i don't know that one was just it it doesn't hurt quite as acutely as 15 400s 15 400s just i mean it hurts in the moment so bad but the level of like progressing pain in that three mile progression run yeah it honestly didn't start hurting until like a mile ago but that last mile was four minutes and 40 whatever seconds of just i mean it was awful it was awful brutal yeah i know another one is when you made us run a mountain that one was pretty horrendous. Oh, running mountains are never fun. Which, which one? The Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai. That yeah. one's awful. I remember when yeah. we had to do two times Mount Sinai. Yeah. That was, yeah. Or when we had to pretty, run Fort Mountain. Yeah. Fort Mountain was pretty bad, too. Yeah. yeah. Running okay. running full mountains are never the, the funnest. I remember running Fort Mountain. I remember because I remember that one because you and I started together. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. then, and I then I had to wait died. for you at the top. Yeah, I remember yeah. Cole Burnett. We should have Cole Burnett on this podcast. He beat mm-hmm. me that day. Yeah, that's I was like about that. Yeah. Um, well, I think maybe maybe the toughest workout that I can remember from my young days was I remember running. I had to run three times four hundred at sixty seconds per four hundred. 
fast, right? With one yeah. minute rest in between. So not a lot of rest. How many 400s? Three. Just three. And then I had to do three a three-mile tempo run. So three miles at this time, probably at 530-ish pace. And then back to the track and immediately go into two times 400 under 60 seconds with 30 seconds rest in between them. So almost a sub two minute 800 at the end. And um, that was tough. That was really tough. Those last two 400s. That's just one thing I, I don't quite, I don't think I quite have. Is that fast stuff? Like you said, your tempo was probably around 530. Which is about what yours which is. Which is about what mine is. But yes. under 60 seconds, I just can't. I don't know. That's a, <laughs> you heard. Little, little like, I had more fast twitch muscle fiber I think, yeah. Than, yeah. Than, than you. But that's, uh, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I, I could run a 50, 50 flat for uh for 400 yeah i can't do that that's yeah all right so what what are you doing what are you planning on doing in your conference meet becca for the outdoor conference yep um well definitely want to run a pr in the steeple chase and place in steeple okay all right what about you? If you are you going to get a chance to even think about it, or no? Because yeah. UTC doesn't have an official men's track team. We do track right. meets. So you guys don't even participate. In yeah, I think meet. they have like we have three more meets. One of them is tomorrow. Um, yeah, I, I probably won't be running any more yeah. track meets this year. But you're so. back to triathlon, hopefully. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the next couple of months, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been swimming and biking. Yeah. Um, this past week, so. Yeah. yeah cool all right we have a trivia question for this week and this is the trivia question for this week the movie chariots of fire features two prominent runners eric little and harold abrahams little chooses not to run his best event the 100 meter dash in the olympics why and which event does he actually run do you guys know the answer to that question i've seen that movie but i don't Mm-mm. think i don't think you I don't remember no i don't know yeah yeah it's a it's a good it's the answer to this is awesome too you're gonna love it so go out there and research that if you don't know the movie chariots of the of fire go out there and and watch the movie it's a fantastic movie uh, one of the best running movies ever made uh, and it gives you a glimpse into what things looked like many many years ago it was a little yeah. bit different back then <laughs> yeah so uh, but it's really cool to see it. So if you know the answer to that question, send it to dean at runforgod.com. And if you're the first person to send me that answer, then you will win a Run For God Run Club Tumblr. So dean at runforgod.com uh, for, for, the, for the first person. Got to be quick on the draw, right? All right, every week I share a reason why running is so awesome. And this week I thought it would I'd find something that was really appropriate. And this is what it is the young and old can participate in the same events. I mean, how many times, you know, we go to like a road race and we all start at the same time. And I think that's awesome. You know, a lot of sports, you can't do that. Yeah. And or very few sports. Can you do that? Uh, and then we can talk about it afterwards and we can share those same experiences and we could be completely, we could finish uh, 20 minutes apart and we can still talk about it mm-hmm. yeah. as if it's all the same. And I think that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, I saw where track and field is actually the number one participation sport in high school in many states. 
Yeah. Mostly on the girls' side, because a lot yeah. of the guys' side, a lot of the number one participation sports are, are and spectator sports is also is football. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people participate in football, but um, track and field is is a huge uh, popular sport. Our motivational thought of the week: the difference between a successful person and others is not a lack of strength, not a lack of knowledge, but rather a lack of will. That comes from Vince Lombardi, the famous football coach of the Green Bay Packers back in the 60s. Um, He has a lot of good quotes, and this is just one of them. Um, It really comes down to uh, a lot of times we we train, and training is important. But again, we've talked about it a couple of times today. Our mind and what we think and how we approach things is even more important, right? Mm Got to be willing to do things, especially the hard things. I remember... Not too long ago, we had a. There was an opportunity that somebody shared with me that they were trying to give away one thousand dollars scholarships, and they had like a hundred of these scholarships to give away, and they only gave away like sixty something, because that's all the people who are willing to fill out an application for it. That's how lazy we've become, as yeah. a society. Yeah, that there's literally money waiting for us, but we don't want to be inconvenienced with filling out an application for it and uh and that's that's a shame um so we got to be willing to do things but we have to be willing to do especially hard things in order for our things to work out best especially in running Um, and sometimes it's just doing it sometimes it's just a matter of just doing it right yeah makes all the difference all right well guys thanks so much becca we appreciate you coming and volunteering to be a part of us grilling you right here in front of the world yeah thanks for having me been fun and then lane welcome back as you said the outset the most frequent uh guest yes person yep not my last i will i will be back Absolutely. absolutely all right uh now out there may god bless every step of every run go out there and shine your light For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.